Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I believe, be the first time ever in City Life that there is a standalone message at the 10 a.m., and that won't be at the 11.30. So thanks for coming and be a part of this moment. Um, when I was working on this, it wasn't me working on it. It was working me, wrecking me. And I have a stool out here because if I could envision what this would feel like, it would be us in a room counseling really close, one-on-one. And we would not be with one person stronger or the upper hand as the counselor, but actually as we're counseling each other, so to speak. So get that picture in our minds. And there's a bold phrase I want to start out by saying, free to forgive. If you've been around church for a little bit, you've heard something about forgiveness. And politely, I would love to ask us to forget some of the stuff we've heard and, 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 and let maybe God do something new in us today, in me today, that the word can get calloused, okay, forgive, and, um, and then we feel shame because we can't fully process for people that we don't want to forgive because we're hurting. And too often, we don't give enough margin to let people have patience to forgive. Um, So there's patience in this place as long as it would take forgiveness to take place. But today, there's a fresh wave of how that looks and feels vertically with God and horizontally with people. You've maybe heard this phrase where God loves us too much to, to let us stay the same. So he saves us, but he loves us too much to let the junk stay there. And freedom happens when we don't go back to our cell because that door's open and the enemy's always inviting us back into that prison. Prison of our mind, prison of our shame, prison of our doubt, our worries, prison of memories of what's happened, hurts, regrets, you name it. And he he wants us to be cozy there and, and, and hear things like, well, sure, God set you free but how come you still feel this way? Because we're not called to be people that look back. We're called to be people that look at Jesus. And today we're taking a fresh look at Jesus and we're looking at my favorite character post-resurrection, out the gate. We're gonna look at Stephen for a moment. And before we go there, there's gonna be a graphic picture I show, um, but it's, it's not that graphic because it's real. So 
we were debriefing last week and we talked for a moment and said, I said something to the effect of, in the weeks ahead, if you bring your kids, they're gonna hear some potent content and so bring them at your discretion. And it was Zach and I actually talking. We said, well, that, they should all bring their kids then. And I said, yeah, I hope they do. And, and because the world does not talk PG and forgiveness is not PG, forgiveness is very bold. So we're gonna look at some bold examples today of injustice, some bold examples of being wronged without doing anything. And it, there's a photo I saw that has startled me as I've learned more of the story. And maybe you've heard it, the girl in the photo. So if you could pull up that photo, there's, this is, uh, there was a napalm bomb in 1972. Exact person who, whether the Americans were involved in it or the um, South Vietnamese dropped it on their own people, or there's just debate about that, but shelf all that for a second and just zoom in on this girl who her clothes are incinerated because the heat was so bold that she's running away and reported the photographer taking the photo. Um, now they call, she calls him uncle, but she just kept screaming, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, you know? And to witness that moment, you would be forever impacted, fair. So before we even read parts of the scripture and say, okay, we're gonna go to the Bible the Bible, when we, we say, we're going to go to Acts chapter 7, and we're going to look at a murder scene. Use this graphic, graphic image to remind us it is real. And when, when I say an address like Acts 7, it's simply an address. So we can get to a destination about Luke writing about a real event that took place, about a murder. And, and, and the next photo shows her skin is falling off. This does something to us. It, it, little, we get mad. We're... we're frustrated how could this happen and this little girl and um i guess shortly after this photo all of them dropped their cameras and there's so many things happen in this image why are we filming like you know there's (laughs) you could stare at this forever and i think it could teach you so much so we'll pause that in our counseling session we're going to go together um we're going to go to act seven first And we're going to jump right into a murder scene that's taken place. Stephen is on the team Jesus now. He just ripped a radical sermon. And we're picking it up in verse 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open. I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, who wrote the most books later in the New Testament. God's grace is so scandalous. It shows up in a war scene shows up in a murder scene so many images going on in the background and I'm not sure when we gloss over the text we can feel the emotions of Stephen we can feel the rage of the crowd we can feel people taking pictures we can just feel it 
and the father uh, there and then Jesus standing he stands in revelation and you know why he stands he stands when he's going to judge people so he's standing as judge but he's also standing to receive his son in the moments of our pain the moments of our wars Jesus is standing and, and, and he's fighting for us but I think it's important because to realize how Stephen got on the team so we can realize Stephen's not special in fact he's just a vessel he's someone who's silly enough who says I'll go they're out preaching and teaching there's this drama that begins in a family there's a family fight about Greek speaking Jews that they're not as cool as us as the Jews the 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 OGs, originals, and they're like, you've been neglecting the poor, you preachers. You've been neglecting uh, feeding them. And so you have a, a welfare case happening, so to speak, to, to distribute needs for people. And what arises in, in this situation is they have to choose someone to do the dirty work, and then they choose, they choose some people. And they're looking for somebody in Acts 6 that is uh, full of the Spirit and wisdom, who will distribute food to the community? Follow the spirit and wisdom to do a task like passing out food? There's so many layers to being in the body of Christ and being in Jesus. And um, So they looked to pick seven men of good repute, and one of which was Stephen, verse 5, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And then seven says that God continued to add increase to their number of disciples, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So there's great success happening. But Stephen, uh, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So here you have some preachers out praying and, and, and preaching the word. But you have people that stayed back to pass out food. And they're holy but they also preach, they also serve, and God's doing signs and wonders through them. We don't need a job that looks prestigious to do powerful things. We don't. Every time I read this, I always think of a business. <laughs> I think about how the conflict of every job I've ever worked at, of how each department grumbles for each other and I think about how they responded yep we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it and then remember the chapter later this is the beginning of how Stephen then goes to lead to be stoned to death he commits to serve he commits to leading and loving and, and then he preaches and then injustice and he's um, getting stoned to death he's being murdered this week, I, on this stage, there was a room filled with Special Olympics put on by, uh, or they put on an anti-bullying event. And they invited me to come, and as I was reflecting and thinking of what I would share, I shared that in fourth grade, my parents got divorced, and the first day of school, I showed up with broken front teeth, and I have weird ears, they're making fun of me, and I'm not the tallest guy, they're blazing me about that. And this kid calls me small fry. Something about small fry, but that turned into a fight. I'll meet you next morning before school. So I meet him before school. I wasn't sure that I could take him. 
So I <laughs> recruited a friend, and we two on we jumped him, and we jumped him. I got suspended. The, the, the statement was at Steele Elementary in Mason was I was the first person suspended in elementary. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sharing this story and I'm talking about how our words have meaning and we never know what's going on at somebody's house and how that carried over into me beating this kid and, and uh, with my friend and I get suspended and, and I'm bullying him and that's not right. And, and then I'm reflecting, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I've bullied people. And I reach out to a person that I remember bullying and I said, sorry, they responded back. And I'd said, sorry in the past, but I wanted to do another pass on it. Sorry again. And they said, reading this brought me right back to those emotions. And I think, I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life in that season that does not justify how I treated you. But thank you for showing me peace and patience because you didn't retaliate. And I believe your seeds of how you acted led to me getting to share this event. And he responded, you know, I love that God's, or I love that you're being used in that way that you can use your story for purpose for people. And then the next morning, our oldest son, fourth grade, comes home from school. I rap on Tuesday, Wednesday morning. He says, Dad, I just got beat up at school. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, this kid, he need me like 30 times. I said, we'll go, we'll go to school tomorrow. And here I am a day later in the office with the kid who beat up my son, he apologized and he's crying. And, and then Jerome Cyrus representing what forgiveness and love looks like, the one who's wronged. And here I am in this, this kid, the contrast was so obvious. Here, here's where we're at. The contrast of forgiveness and situations and how I respond is countercultural. It is countercultural, how Jesus responds how Jesus responds. So we move from um, being wrong to we move to a power of forgiveness is releasing people. It's dismissing them of the charge. And you might instantly say, I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to dismiss them of the charge. It's trusting that God is over the charge. In three areas, we could expound on this for a long time, but I, I don't want to, but Number one, we're forgiving, but two, we're forgiven. Two, we, we forgive uh, others, but three, we seek the forgiveness of others. And, and first, we are forgiven. Why? Ephesians 4 teaches us that as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, as God in Christ forgave you. Before we talk about forgiveness, if we don't believe that we were guilty or we are guilty, if you don't know Jesus in this place, you're as guilty as ever. <laughs> you, you need dismissal, for real. And I say that as a you thing because, like, that, that is a you thing. That's a you and God thing. But we need forgiveness. And some of us have been there. And we're inviting you in. We're, we, we need, we, look, we're pleading. Like, please, we can't do it on our own. None of us are cool enough. None of us are great enough. No one. No one. We are guilty, filthy before all perfect father. Well, join the club. Because Jesus saved us. Yes! Colossians says the same thing. As the Lord has forgiven you, verse 13. So you must forgive. And today is a great day to celebrate that at the next service. We'll be getting baptized and St. Patrick's Day. We'll talk about the contrast there. People are wearing green. They're going to get wasted for the most part. Let's stereotype for a second. Um, wearing green, get wasted. I was looking up some facts about St. Patrick's Day. One, 
Green wasn't the color, it was blue. He's not from Ireland, he's British. Uh, today's not a day when he was born. Today's a day when he died and he was a missionary. <laughs> the contrast is everywhere. Um, we don't judge, we enter in. Wear the beads and just get, get real close to people and be like, what up? Because we're Christian missionaries. That's what he would want. And he would get real close. I believe he'd get real close and he'd just talk about Jesus. And then people would say things about the church and they'd say things about their experience. They'd say things about what they read and St. Patrick might just be like, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus. Well, wait, Jesus? Yeah, just Jesus. Uh, two, we forgive each other and this is where it gets really tough and really difficult. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. I want to take us back to Stephen's story in Acts 7. You know what Stephen says when he's getting murdered? Here's what he says. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I need some growth. I need some growth. My first response for the kid beating up Jerome was not, hey, let me love the kid. My first response was, let me go find the kid. Not to beat him up, maybe, but no, I'm kidding. I did get tackled once at a recess. And my first instinct was to punch a kid, and I'm grateful I didn't. <laughs> you saw that senator video this week. Kid hits him in the egg, and the senator turns around and drills him in the face. I'm like, every position's justified in that. I mean, maybe, but not the egg. Not, not for sure the egg. Um, but doesn't Jesus say the same thing? Stephen, who's Stephen look? looking to his wrong or is he looking to his master how does his master talk how does his, how does our master talk what did the what did, what did jesus say when he's hanging on the cross he says father forgive them for they know not what they do when people are abusing us they don't always know what they're doing when we forgive we are not disregarding justice so let's put that over here for a second we are not disregarding justice we're not advocating in any way that justice doesn't deserve to be displayed and, and carried out. No, and, and we stand up for people. When something's wrong, we stand up. We stand up in love. There's corporate injustice, stuff like slavery. There's uh, Holocaust when it affects the masses. And we all have certain injustices that get us mad. It could be life that you just, obviously it's a, it's a, it, everyone, it's an issue, but there's certain parts of whether it's abortion and you're just so mad and it's so difficult. Well, that, that, that's a sign of how God's graced you to be a part of the solution. Okay. It, it, he, he's graced us in these moments to be a part of the solution and our heart beats louder for different things because there's so many things the Father's grieved about all the time. And I really believe when we're crying and we're entering that places of pain that we're, we're relating to how God feels all the time and he's now entrusted us to how he feels. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. That kind of, we're loving and we're present and it's difficult, but we're there. Uh, I remember watching this, this story, or this video about albino Africans that are hunted for parts of their body because they believe that they can cast uh, people tribes believe that their body parts there can be spells cast that can uh, change generations and uh, 
yeah, kids come up, kids come up missing. And I remember being so mad, so mad. And I thought one day, Lord, let us do something about that. And in the same breath, he's saying, hey, first I want to do something that's in here. And then what's going on right here in our sphere? Um, in Psalm 2, we get to see the greatest injustice ever. Of all the kings of the earth, they take rule against themselves, against the Lord and his anointed. They want to burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. When we forgive, we're declaring that God will bring justice later. And we can be advocates of justice now. But the greatest display of heaven's justice is when we offer forgiveness first. There's a guy I got to meet, his name's Bob. And Bob, I met him in the Mac and, and his adopted daughter was murdered. Wrong place, wrong time, Lansing. Wrong place, wrong time. Boom, simple as that. And Bob and his wife worked through the emotions. His wife has recently passed and Bob is one of those guys, he's a sage. You, when he talks, you, you listen. I just listen. What, Bob? I thought he was an angel at first, but I saw him again. I don't think he's an angel. Bob, talk. Um, Bob read, Bob and his wife wrote a letter at the trial and offered forgiveness as justice was being carried out, as a life sentence was given. And they just extended grace. They said, Justice, they, they, they talked about justice and the consequences are real, but God's forgiveness is here and it's here now. And we want to let you know that we willfully forgive you. And he's sharing the story with me. And I thought, wow. God questions puts it this way. To some people, forgiveness may seem like weakness or letting an undeserving person win, but it has no connection to weakness or even emotions. Um, instead, forgiveness is an act of the will. Forgiveness is not granted because a person deserves to be forgiven. No one deserves to be forgiven. Forgiveness is a deliberate act of love, mercy, and grace. Forgiveness is a decision not to hold something against one another despite what he or she has done to you. Have you ever heard the phrase, when two or three are gathered, the Lord is there? ever heard that? Two or three and he's in the mist. You know that passage is about when you have an issue with somebody and you approach them and then you guys can get it figured out that it says that truly I say whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where there are two or three gathered in my name there I am among you. And just a few verses before that, it says, if you have any fault between you and some brother, approach them. And if they don't listen, bring somebody else back. And then where two or three are gathered. That means in this place, if we have some issue with somebody, that we're supposed to approach them. The body of Christ should be the most glorified display of unity of all time in spite of our differences, in spite of even our disagreements. Yes, because when we walk in forgiveness, we walk, uh, we, we, are, we free heaven on earth. When we walk in forgiveness, we free heaven on earth. Heaven on 
earth. And, and I have some quotes I was going to read, but it's all good. You get it. I think God's here to talk to us. Number three, we seek the forgiveness of others. This one's real. So one, we are forgiven. Two, we forgive. But three, we seek the forgiveness of others. Matthew 5, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering and suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, that was me reflecting anti-bully moment. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that person from middle school at the time, I believe follows Jesus and I need to make another pass and say, I'm sorry. And I'm reflecting and it was not fun. I, I, I was hoping to, to rap, speak, and then it led to me uh, doing this. Immediately leave everything, uh, abandon your offering, leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. <laughs> this vertical and horizontal thing, these things are tied together. I love God, but I don't know if I like people. Okay, we're done with that. We're done. Enough of the baby. We're done. We're, not, we're, we're, we're done being infants tossed to and fro. We're not babies. We love each other. We're going to have tough conversations. Conflict is the price we pay for deeper intimacy. Who likes conflict? I don't. But if I love you, let's talk about it. Let's assume the best, heal the misunderstanding. These things are real. So we ask for forgiveness from people. And there, this video I want to show is Corin Tenboom. Maybe you're familiar with the Holocaust. She, her family was Christian. They were taken in the Jews that were being basically eradicated. And the, they, they were, um, by the Nazi, Nazi regime, her family was then captured for hiding and trying to help people. And she wrote The Hiding Place. But this two-minute video captures all of this as we, we get ready to close. And worship team, if you guys would come up. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man. That was one of the most cruel aufseers in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world. Also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom, will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. 5. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free.
and I could say, brother, give me your hand, and I shook hands with him, and it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. What a cool ending, huh? She says, can I forgive? I'm leaning in there. Or can you forgive? What's she going to say? No. Didn't you just forgive the guy? But God's love through you can. Oh! Well played. Well played. So, showing some bold examples of how the love of Jesus plays out in people's lives hopefully gives us confidence of how it can play out in our life. To go back to the girl in the photo, she's known as this, the girl in the picture. That's, that's how she's talked about. She originally hated the picture. Yeah, she hated this photo because it reminded her of trauma, fair? <laughs> I wouldn't want the photo either. But over time, she recognized that the photo got a lot of people thinking. And where she's at today is... Um, there's a picture that shows how bad her skin is. And, no, the, 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 the third picture. Today. They ask her uh, her pain level, and she says a 10 out of 10. There's an article, and she's quoted saying, this is where she's at today. Here's, here's her mindset. But even worse than physical pain was the emotional and spiritual pain that led me directly to her that led directly to her conversion to follow Jesus which she credits as the psychological healing to the trauma of over 40 years of being known as the world as the napalm girl my faith in Jesus Christ is what has enabled me to forgive those who have wronged me she wrote no matter how severe those wrongs were Forgiveness made me free from hatred. I still have many scars on my body and severe pain. Most days my heart is cleansed. Napalm is very powerful, but faith, forgiveness, and love are much more powerful. We would not have war at all if everyone could learn how to live with true love, hope, and forgiveness. If that little girl in the picture can do it, ask yourself, can you? <laughs> wow. Kim Fook, she rocks. She rocks. Modern day Stephen, she rocks. Jerome Cyrus sitting in fourth grade, forgiving his classmate. And he rocks. He rocks. He rocks. Stephen forgiving people as he's being murdered, leading to a revival in Saul's life that gets converted later. He rocks. But more than any of them, you know who rocks the most? Jesus. Because he took the wrath that's due me and you. The quickest way to unity with God and each other is forgiveness. Bottom line, forgiveness restores unity with God and people. Not minimizing pain today, please. Not saying you have to forgive in this moment. No, God's patient. But a prayer that I'm praying outlandishly is by 2020, none of us walk with any forgiveness. We don't take anything into 2020. We just take nothing. <laughs> nothing. We're not taking it. Doesn't mean when we 
see those people that have caused us pain and the boundaries should be there. Yeah, fair. But we can walk in freedom by forgiving because forgiveness, this is a phrase many of us probably heard. Forgiveness um, or unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. When we have unforgiveness, it affects our health. Research has reported it affects our health. It feel, you feel it like there's a root. I mean, right in our, it's like a root. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll share more hopefully later in the weeks ahead. I want to talk about Joseph and how that played out, but, and how his children are named to the pain. But the transition into worship would be forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook. If that's the rebuttal, it's letting ourselves free from the torture. And when we forgive, we let ourselves out of the prison. We are free to forgive. Free to forgive today. A will for, we're free to forgive. There's freedom to forgive. All these, there's freedom for the emotional, physical, mental trauma. We're sorry. Like, we're sorry for each other. We need to say that. Like, I'm sorry you had to walk through that. And then you could say that to me. I'm sorry. We could share war stories. And then we could look at Jesus and be like, oh, but he's going to lead us somewhere. He's going to lead us somewhere. Because there is power in the name of Jesus, right? Fear has no place. He's the one who set us free. If you don't know Jesus, you're as guilty as they get. The debt is huge. But if you do know, but, it, but do know this, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. May we rest in the forgiveness of Jesus today. So how would you do this? Um, that's what I want to lead us in. How would we do this? Okay, I, I, I'm compelled. These people are forgiven. I'm believing for a miracle today. Number one, God, I repent. Will you forgive me? Two, I forgive so-and-so or whatever the situation is. I forgive. You might need to say it, okay? Say it. And if you think there's something I don't deal with unforgiveness, that's a great question. God, do I have any unforgiveness? Because as I was reflecting, not only did I realize I had unforgiveness, but I needed to be forgiven, which is the third thing. Who do I need to ask, will you forgive me? And just humbly come. Because we're professional, I'm sorry, tellers. We want to say it real quick and jet. When we get the courage, that friend emailed me back. I say friend because I think we're going to be a friend at some point. He emailed me back and he said, uh, hey, I'm actually in Michigan now. Keep it up. I emailed back. I would love to meet you face to face and share more. I haven't got an email back yet, but I thought I can hide behind a keyboard or I can just go man up and say a little bit, I'm sorry. Well, I could say what happened 20 something years ago. Yeah, but it's not representing Christ. And I got a lot of things I'm trying to work. I want to walk more in freedom. I want to walk more in grace. And by saying sorry, I'll give you a praise report. There's a kid who emailed one time and said on City Life on a Saturday night. And he goes, yeah, Jerome fought me. Sounds so silly. Why am I fighting people? I'm tiny. And Jerome fought me and, and, and he's a joke. Everything he's doing is a lie. And, uh, and so I emailed back, hey bro, just want to tell you, 
I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I'm sorry. I don't even remember that moment. Can I ask for your forgiveness? Maybe we can do coffee. No joke. They ended up joining our marriage counseling, Crystal and I, and we got to do their wedding. A soft-spoken word turns away wrath. I believe that God doesn't want any unforgiveness in this place, in this place. There's freedom to sing. There's freedom to reflect. There's freedom to come. There's freedom to go pray for somebody. And we're just going to sing and worship uh, for the next 10 minutes. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.